We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings. I promise all of you out there that NFL is starting soon, so let's rev up the NFL content. You missed Ross Tucker on Tuesday. Shame on you great interview if i do say so myself i just really enjoy hearing ross talking let us a little bit inside especially the broadcasting booth because ross is calling games on cbs this year so when you got like i don't know jags colts ross is probably doing that game and those ones are always kind of fun if that's not like a weird thursday night game we'll find out so smash the like to the episode and if you want to build projections for yourself for free go to run the sims.com right now Get that all figured out. Jake Seeley from theathletic.com and the oh what's the show on FTN? All in oh, wait, wait. All in football on the YouTube FTN channel and then FTN Fantasy on Sirius XM Saturdays. That's right. So there you go. With Meanie yeah. and Lauren. Yes, where you originated 10 where years did, ago. Me and Greg Sussman have that exact time slot in 2013. So 10 years after the fact, you've stolen my place on Sirius. I know. I told you 10 years from now, the Sealy Media Network, it's coming. It's going to happen. I'm going to be dead or retired by that point, I think. <laughs> retired? I would hope they retired. Take it easy. You're I would grinding. like to, but you know, I, I always say like, because I keep kicking the can down the road on starting football every single season now, because uh, I mean, I haven't released my <laughs> rankings yet. That is coming next week. Chris Meany will be in studio to help me break all of mm. those down. Your co-host on Saturdays, yeah. also at FTN, but we're going to get into the nitty gritty, everything count off. We got win total show, best bet show, the quarterback rankings, like we always do with Jeff and Tim. So a ton of football coming your way. It's time to get re-engaged. And we're going to do that today with five boom, five bust players provided by Jake Seeley himself. If you have that many, I was going to say like sleepers and bus, but there's no <laughs> sleepers anymore. That doesn't exist. 
Sleepers have been gone for a long time. I'm surprised that you don't want me to like go on Twitter and create a thread out of this. My five must have sleeper underlying metric score people you must have this year. Follow I think, me. I, I, th- I think that instead of doing a Twitter thread, I might just name this episode that. <laughs> okay, that works for me. Will yeah. that fit in the YouTube description? I don't know. You got a hundred characters. See what we can do with it. So let me know <laughs> right now. Let's go. Let's start off with the booms. Players that are going to be booms this year the guys that you want to be drafting and that are going lower than maybe you think that they should let me react to them because i might disagree with you here uh well i mean that wouldn't be a show if you didn't disagree with me first so let's go to running back because everybody loves running backs right they love finding the value at running back i i'm shocked at the decreased adp since the draft not because there was a rookie drafted but because did everybody forget how good khalil herbert was when david montgomery got hurt like I seemingly don't understand why Rashawn Johnson coming in and the fact that, yes, he's better in pass protection. That's not a question, but I don't understand why everybody's all of a sudden in full panic mode that Rashawn Johnson is not only going to be a threat to him, which I do agree with. He's going to be part of the share, but like taking his job like immediately as a rookie. And I, I see the downside of Herbert. I see where Herbert could go wrong. So he's Herbert's basically kind of almost a combination, but I think at where he's going, he's an RB four. He's almost down into the RB five territory right now. Nobody wants him Uh, for last year. Everybody talking about how bad his pass blocking was. It was middle of the pack. We're talking about along the names of as pass blocking grades go Kareem Hunt, Raheem Mostert, Josh Jacobs, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin cook. Guess what? Those guys do pretty. Okay not being the best pass blockers in the world. And by the way, every single game Herbert's had 10 plus carries, 50 plus yards. And most of those 75 plus yards, including like the 20 for 157, 18 for 100. I do think he's going to share some with Rashawn Johnson. I think Deontay Foreman's a non-factor. But to get him as an RB4, the upside, even if it's a split backfield, like I am, I have so much Cleo Herbert. I'm overweight on Cleo Herbert right now. So I, I think that a lot of people this time of year, especially because and one of the reasons that I've kicked the can down the road on football content a lot is because people are doing this 12 months a year now. And they're talking about best ball in February and best ball in April. They have all these best ball drafts. I don't begrudge anyone for doing that, because if I wasn't doing golf, I would probably be doing the same thing, because God forbid, never going back to baseball. That ain't happening. I had to pick up like NASCAR or something to fill the void if golf went away. So I just couldn't talk about the NFL. 12 months a year, every single day, every single week. Like I just get burnt out on it. Like we get burnt out by like November anyway, doing it 12 months a year. just, I wouldn't be looking forward to it. But now I'm at the point where I am really looking forward to it. I'm super excited about it. And just even looking at run the Sims right now, we have Khalil Herbert with only 30% market share at the moment. Oh, my point about best ball was best ball ADPs are not going to be entirely reflective of what fantasy football drafts like you're accustomed to waivers add drops trade 12 team league with your buddy 14 team league whatever it might be stacking in best ball and grabbing those quarterbacks early is not going to be reflective of those leagues so i'm using the nfc adp so high stakes season long fantasy football i think that gives us a better gauge and i'm taking from today all the way back to july 13th and where players are going in draft and i was actually kind of surprised to see Khalil Herbert number pick 104 overall. Now, our projections <laughs> at Run the Sims call him running back 38 for the year. But here's the breakdown of the splits that we're seeing in market share. We have Justin Fields at a 32% market share of the team's of rushing attempts. That's probably around what it's going to be. Herbert at 30, Foreman at 20, Johnson at 12, and Travis Homey at 
3%. So really not factoring in Homer. And it seems like we've given more weight to Dante Foreman than maybe that you would have. But like you said, even if it is a split backfield, as long as he can get half the goal line carries and the other half go between Johnson, Foreman, and Fields, but he is the primary guy. He doesn't need to get every single one. But as long as he's like the 50% guy inside the 10-yard line, he's vastly going to outperform that ADP. And that's the biggest part about it. Like it just feels even even the worst case the worst case scenario is he doesn't get the job. He's just a five touch per game guy. I guess we'll say reasonable expectations of what the worst case scenario is. He's the backup part to Rashawn Johnson, but that's still in the realm of like a Samaje Piran when Javante Williams is healthy, uh, AJ Dillon to an Aaron Jones. Like he's still going to be probably not usable a lot of weeks you have to be in a deeper league but the upside of then again if something would happen like you can be forced that you might need him at some point and then if anything were to happen to johnson you have that upside so saying all that worst case scenario is where his adp should be like you got the worst case scenario if it's better you're just buying all upside of where he is yeah I, i actually agree with that so at his current adp where he's going Best case scenario, I'm sorry, worst case scenario, as long as he doesn't get hurt, because if people get hurt, then they're not going to be any good. Shocker on that front. But he is a flex RB2 bi-week fill-in or if you have injury problems. Best case scenario, this is his job, and he's a top 20 guy, or one of the guys behind him gets hurt, and then all of or they want fields to run less. So there's just more rushing attempts to go around. Maybe he, I mean, I would guess that Travis Homer's on this team for a reason to catch passes but maybe you can backdoor your way like essentially if he just takes the david montgomery rule where he ends up with like four or five targets a game that will be good enough to have him outperform this adp anyway yeah i so i, I compared it to miles sanders like not a lot in the passing game but 240 carries and that's uh, that's the best case scenario but you put that best case scenario there 240 carries thousand so yards like you said, five, six, seven touchdowns. And now we're talking about top 15 running back. Like top 15 is within the realm of outcomes for Khalil Herbert. For sure. And I mean, we do have to factor in that. I don't think the bears are going to be any good, although their defense might be improved, which may actually hurt their garbage time production, but it's not, I I guess the big case against him would be if he's not going to be a receiving back and the bears aren't up in any of these games, they're probably going to have to pass me. And that's that's part of the downside, too. That's why I said he's one that I, I threw at one that's a little bit more risky to start. I like it. I, you know, holds barred here from Jake taking some swings early. Who's number two? Uh, number two is this one kind of feels like a semi layup, but I stayed away from Christian Watson. I stayed away from some of the obvious ones. And I think that people are not high enough on the upside of Drake London. If he's healthy for a second season, which we're assuming he is. If Kyle Pitts is healthy for a second season, which we're assuming he is. And I think part of it is like I was going to tie into this. I don't want to say Desmond Ritter because unless you're playing in a super flex, nobody's caring about Desmond Ritter right now, uh, unless you're maybe in a 14 team league. But I think people overlook the connection that Ritter had with Drake London at the end of last year. And the fact that Ritter is not the worst quarterback in the league. Like people are just like, oh, he's done. I don't even know why the Falcons didn't get another quarterback. But yes, it was no Kyle Pitts. But over the final four weeks, 32.7% of the targets from Ritter, 33% of his routes he was targeted on, 11.03 air yards per target. Yes, they'll have Kyle Pitts back, but it's a Kyle Pitts and Drake London offense, which is just like we kind of had with, or now have with the Titans with, DeAndre Hopkins and uh, Traylon Burks, which if everybody's saying, all right, I'm not that worried about Traylon Burks, then why are you so worried about Drake London? I think it just comes down to De- Desmond Ritter, and that's the, the the rub here. But I think that 
Desmond Ritter getting London 120 targets, we'd be talking about 70,000 and five or six touchdowns. I think people are way too sour on Ritter before he's even been had a full season. Amari Cooper or Drake London? <sighs> Cooper for the floor, London if I'm chasing ceiling. What are you chasing? It depends on how my I no seriously. It depends on how my roster started. If I have a risky first or second round first second round pick, I'd probably take the floor of Cooper. If my first wide receiver is pretty safe, like I took an alpha one, like I have a Tyree Kill, then I'd be like, fine, I'll I'll go for the upside of London. But if my first one, like let's say I start with Cooper Cup because I have no problem taking Cooper Cup as the number one wide receiver, but I understand he's got injury risk, Stafford's got injury risk, and all down there, and then my second wide receiver was Cooper, uh, that feels better. I mean, I'm kind of torn on both of them anyway, but would you rather have Keenan Allen or Drake London? Uh, London. I'm out on Keenan Allen this year, especially at the ADP, especially. I'm just off at Keenan Allen. De- DeAndre Hopkins or Drake London? I'm on London. Okay. I don't, well, I don't, I don't know that Ryan the... Tannehill plays the entire season. I mean, maybe Will Levis just slings it to DeAndre Hopkins when he comes in, or Malik Willis, 80-yard bombs every play. Mm-hmm. Uh, Malik Willis might need a new team, honestly. Yeah. I'm so disappointed in that. As a hey, like, the USFL is always looking for quarterbacks. Oh, he's better than that. Come on. <laughs> I mean, if he, can't, if he can't be a quarterback on the Titans, I don't know how much better than that he is. They gave him Tannehill's offense. It was the same nonsense Nagy did with Justin Fields. They said, let's run an offense not for you and force you to do it. Well, by the way, also throwing to a bunch of jabronis and a rookie. I suppose that's true. I only mention these guys because Drake London in high stakes right now over the past two weeks is being drafted at pick number 45. Ooh. And, that, and that's that's moving up. So I think people are seeing what yeah. you're seeing. But that's still behind. Yeah. I mean, Hopkins is 44. Calvin Ridley is 43. I'd rather have Calvin Ridley for the record over Drake London. I don't like any of the Falcons players because I think they're all overvalued this year. And I do think that they run way more than people are projecting. That's so I do have them running the heaviest of the league in my projections. And I do not, I don't even have their offense running a thousand plays, but what I like and what I have here is I know who the targets are. It's, it's Kyle Pitts and Drake London, the end, like Desmond Ritter might throw a couple passes out there. But the other thing about Desmond Ritter stylistically too, is part of the conversation you and I had back on your other show, when we're talking about Bijan Robinson being overdrafted is because Desmond Ritter is profiling. Isn't a check down ish. He, he will he'll throw to running backs, but that's not his, he's not Phil Rivers and he's not even like middle of the league. He's probably only going to do it like a low teen percentage of the time versus like 15, 20, even 25 percent. So I'm not that worried about B. John Robinson because I think it's just two guys. So even if he only throws 450 times, I still know 250 of them are probably going to two guys, maybe 225. And then we have to bump up. The, do you have catch rate in as a part of your projections? Yeah, the catch percentage. Yeah, yeah I'll, I have a, ca- open I have a catch rate talking. of. I have sixty three percent for Drake London. That might even be high. Mm, let's see. I can tell you what I have for Drake London. I have I have him sixty three point nine percent. Okay, I have I him mean, at, I, here, I, I Here's what like, I got. If he's going to get that bulk of targets, which we saw last year, like he had all of these air yards, but a lot of those air yards were negligible because they were just completely uncatchable balls. Now maybe Ritter mm-hmm. is a big step up this season from what he was last year and from what we saw from Mariota a year ago. But I think that the more volume he gets, if you project him, like we have him at a 26% market share in this offense, which I'm guessing is lower than you have. 
But I think mm-hmm. if you bump that up to 30%, let's say, and you really want to make him valuable in terms of volume, you then have to bump down his catch percentage because the more targets he gets, just the more off targets that he's going to have, uncatchable balls, that I think, sure. those, I think those two things in this offense are directly correlated. And I'm with you. And the interesting thing is that even though I am higher, so there's two factors at play here, is I actually have Drake London, I think at like 24 in my rankings of where I would draft him. My projections don't spit him out that high. Drake London's at 32 because he's 76, 9, 34, and 6. That puts him at 32. So again, the, the point of your show right here is boom players. There's not going to be like, I'm not coming with a boom list of like, Oh, uh, AJ Brown's going to take a next step. Like, you know, like, or Devonta Smith is going to put like, I'm not doing that. I'm kind of like looking for booms and they're going to come with some risk. So I, I understand everything you say and I don't disagree with anything. And that's why if you don't want to stomach that, and that's why when you said where he's going, I came in like, Ooh, wow. That's kind of starting to what I always preach every single year, Pat, you know, this don't buy all the risk. Don't buy Drake London as wide receiver 18, where everything has to go right just for him to equal what you spent in drafts. So let's take a few more players in his range then and go through it. DJ Moore or Drake London there. I would actually want DJ Moore. I would want Drake London. DJ. Oh, I'm, I'm on DJ Moore in that the one. The bears fucking suck. <laughs> you hate the bears. I do. I mean, <laughs> they, they did me such a solid last year by losing in that final game of the year with the Texans winning, which cast cash me a huge future for worst record in the league. So maybe I owe it to them to be nice this year. Just, I don't think that they're any good. Shout out Chicago. There you go. At least they've got you a good bet. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, maybe it's just rank. Cause I always see rank. Hey, like rank does a Chicago oh, Bears specific oh, yeah, podcast. And yeah. it's always like, like there's never a negative word said about the bears. It just really triggers me. Like he's talking like they're going to be 11 <laughs> and five or 11 and six. Like, no, they're not. They're not going to be that. They're going to be worse than green Bay. Okay. I, I, I could understand that, especially yeah, if you're seeing ranks tweets. <laughs> so Drake at 45 ADP overall in NFC, go play in the NFC, by the way, I actually really enjoy their structure and their payout structure. So go hit that up. Just NFC fantasy football. You can find it on sports hub. Highly recommend it. Uh, even though it has like real boomer technology to try to use, it's it's fine. It's easy because it's it was geared for like 50 year olds. But DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins, Drake London or Christian Watson? You know, Christian did Watson. that did that crack you up, did it? Yeah, that, that really got me on that one. Christian Watson. All right. So these guys are going after Drake London. Oh, yeah, I'd say that's that I'm not it's interesting that I didn't see the NFC. I've kind of been more on as you said, the underdog, which is not the best tell probably, but uh yeah, because, that's interesting. Because, so no, because Bijan's going super high in best ball and no one wants to stack up Ritter Pitts in London. So it's pushing him so down a little bit. But as a one off, because fewer people are stacking, obviously, in season yes. that he as an objective wide receiver is basically being drafted as like a low end one. Yeah, we, uh, Meany and I just talked about that today on All in Football that Devonta Smith is almost in the middle of the second round because of the hurt stack. So he's getting pushed up, which is just too pricey. So that's, yeah. that's interesting to look at those comparisons. Yeah. So in the you NFC, got another name uh, in the NFC right now, uh, Geno Smith, Juju Smith, Irv Smith, Johnu Smith, Devonta Smith. Devonta Smith still going at pick number 24 in high stakes. Oh, so you said they got a little bit more reasonable. I'd still push him down a few more spots, but it's Yeah, I, I think I would want Olave over him who was going two picks later. I have Olave ahead of him. Yeah, do you, have, do, do you have DK ahead of him? Metcalf? Yeah. <laughs> uh I no, have DraftKings the player. <laughs> I know. I'll I'll tell you. I have my five right here. Olave, Higgins, Smith, Cooper, Metcalf. Okay. 
I think that actually makes a lot of sense. So who else is going later? McLaurin's going later. Christian Watson's going later. Christian yeah, Kirk. We'll what do you do with Christian Kirk this year? Well, we save that for the potential bust section. Okay, well, we'll go to the bust section. Hit the time code for more <laughs> on Christian Kirk, apparently. So give me number three. Uh, number three is one of my favorite to get so far, uh, Jahan Dotson. I am in love with Jahan Dotson because I am actually going to give you three and four, Pat. Aha, I'm tying two together. It's Jahan Dotson and Sam Howell. If you are looking for your free quarterback this year to just take that flyer on, you talk about it all the time. Uh, don't do the whole like, oh, I got a risky upside quarterback with my first one. So I'll go take Derek Carr. for No, double down on the upside because Derek Carr is going to be out there every single year. Ryan Tannehill is going to be out there every single year on waiver wire. Take two shots at getting a top 10 quarterback. Don't do the safe second shot, which you preach all the time. And I couldn't agree with you more on. Um, I love some Sam Howell, who I said coming out of college has some similarities to Ben Roethlisberger. And no, do I think he's going to turn around and throw 4,800 yards and 32 touchdowns? No, but I like Sam Howell for the fact of what he brings stylistically in that facet, especially some rushing upside where it would not shock me if Howell chips in four to 500 rushing yards and four to five rushing touchdowns. And you factor that in and you got McLaurin and Jahan Dawson as your one and two. And this is why I like Jahan Dawson so much is because if I like Sam Howell and he can carry two targets, which I think he can, I think he's going to be better than anything we saw for the Washington commanders last year is Jahan Dotson gets in space so well uh when i was breaking him down i stopped short and i even threw this in there so i, I guess technically i didn't stop short because i said i'm going to stop short of saying stefan diggs but i guess by doing that i didn't really stop short of saying stefan diggs but i like the similarities in what they do to their game and what that does for the quarterback with them we saw the ascension of josh allen when he got somebody like stefan diggs i think the ceiling of dotson is diggs and i don't think he ever gets there but I think if you're looking at somebody who can make that connection with Sam Howell and you're talking about the fit with Terry McLaurin, who I think we've seen peak Terry McLaurin, I mean, 140 targets and he still finishes as a wide receiver too. Like we've seen the best. It was all him. I think Dotson would not shock me if he finishes in front of Terry McLaurin this year and Sam Howell ends up getting close to being a top 15, if not top 15 quarterback. Yeah. So Sam Howell more for deeper leagues is obviously what you're yes, saying yes. or two quarterback yes. leagues, that kind of thing with Dotson. What's really funny. I, I just looked up my projections for him. I have him 10 point finishing 10 points behind Drake London. There you go. Wide receiver 34 hey. on the year. I have, let's see. I, I think my projections are more, a little bit more aggressive. Yeah. I'm at 30 and that actually puts him two spots in front of Drake London projections wise. Yeah, that makes him, let's see here, 881 yards, four touchdowns. It's just I don't have Washington's offense projected for a lot of touchdowns. And it was almost the same thing with Sam Howell that you were saying. So he, let's say he takes 100% of snaps this season, which is what you would want out of a quarterback like that. Um, right. I have McQB 19, so that's better than Derek Carr. That's better than Kenny Pickett. It's better than Jimmy G. So it's not terrible. But that's still in like the realm of Goff, Russell Wilson, Matt Stafford, which actually kind of tracks. But I only have met 2.2 rushing touchdowns, uh, 22 passing touchdowns. So not if he was to overachieve in one of those two, especially on the ground, then all of a sudden that's, it's a different yeah. story. Yeah, if he only Kenny Pickett's on the ground, then this is going to be a little tougher because only 200 rushing yards, 300 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns. That's not going to do much to move the needle for him, but he would have to pick it up in the passing game, which I have more concern for the passing game. Like, I think it's, I don't think he gets 505, but if you said, what's more likely, him getting 505 on the ground or him getting 4,000 yards and 25 touchdowns, I would actually take the rushing more possible of happening. 
Would you want Sam Howell or Bryce Young, who was just announced as the starter in Carolina? What a shock. What a shock that, that uh, I would take Bryce Young because I'm more confident in the fact that he gets 505. Like, I actually think his floor is probably like a 404. Anthony Richardson or Sam Howell? Oh, Anthony Richardson. Yeah, it's not even Anthony close, Richardson right? a QB1. Yeah. yeah he's a like QB1 12. or he sucks. Those are your two options. Yeah. There's, there's only two outcomes. This is Justin Fields or he's not even starting by week nine. Like, like that, you know, that's tongue in cheek, but you get the point. Yeah. To look at Dotson right now, he's going at pick number 83. Sorry, 84 overall in high stakes. That's in the same range as George Pickens, Isaiah Pacheco, Traylon Burks, Jordan Addison, Gabe Davis, Jackson, Smith, Njigba, Brennan Cooks, those types of players. So you think that he's better than that range, or is there someone else in there that you really like? No, that entire list is behind him for me. Okay, I can totally see that. Even Addison? Yes, uh, even Addison. I I like Addison. He's... Fast right 11 there. star Jordan Addison. <laughs> That's what he's trying to get to the practice field as soon as possible, man. What can he do? Like yeah. he's really excited to play. Maybe that Jordan that, Addison's right there. That that's only the spin on it. If he has a really good season, it's like, Oh yeah, he was just a grinder. He didn't want to miss out <laughs> on any time of being a training camp. Like when Des turned out to be good and Des <laughs> skipped the draft because it was an extra day working out on everyone that no one else got in, but he got in that day. And then it like it made him seem like a psychopath, but it also was like, hey, maybe that's why he's so good. Maybe this is what we'll say about <laughs> Addison in the future too. What wide receiver is that, by the way? I know pick overall. Is it, can you see what wide receiver that is for Addison? Yeah, but I then have to click a different button, Jake. Oh, okay. I don't know. I was just that's why I asked. I didn't. All you didn't have to go down the room. Let's submit. You have to go submit down. For, I submit for your approval, not the Midnight Society, but the ADP for wide receivers at nfc.shgn.com slash ADP is where you can find that. Like you just want to type in a link. <laughs> I can even probably put it down in the description. Which why, probably... don't they, why don't they just have nfc.com? What happened that they had to? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, nfc.com might be owned by the NFL. Fair. And there's a lot of things that well, could be NFC. Why not just NFFC then? I mean, that's basically what it is. I don't know. I don't run their domains. That always gets me too. It's like it's NFFC, but the site is NFC. Yeah, that, that Wait, is. Did you find it? I chewed, I chewed up some time for you. Did you find it? I did. Jahan Dotson, wide receiver number thirty-seven. Oh, that's right. I, I'm either getting them or not. Like, I just I'm not going to be overweight or underweight. That's right in line where I have them. So, like other guys who are currently within ten picks of him, I just mentioned like Burks, Addison, Davis are all going behind him slightly by a pick or two. Cooks. Cortland Sutton, Quentin Johnson, Elijah Moore are all in that range. I'll take him over all of them. All right, give me number five on the boom list. Look, Cook's right there. Who's the boom Uh, king, Jake? The boom king? The boom king. It's not Mike Boone. I I was, (laughs) no, but I was ready for this one. How about this? Uh, uh, He's skyrocketing. There you go. There's your hint right there. Sky Moore. I was on this. uh, Meany and I have been talking about this. Like another one on All in Football. We're talking about the fact that Tony was going like 50 picks before him before he got hurt. And that's already slid down to like 38 within this past week. Because what does Kadarius Tony get hurt every single year? But here's the thing. Like, forget the injury. Let's just take this out of the equation real quick. Because I don't want to knock a guy. And I'm not really doing this list when I get to the bus. I'm specifically leaving out like, oh, if he gets hurt, that's why he's going to be a bus. No, I'm not going down that road. But Kadarius Tony, people kind of overlooked. And you know this, Pat. He wasn't on the field a lot. They just designed a lot of plays for him. So people are tweeting and they're like, oh, he was targeted on blah, 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 blah. Like 50% of the time he was on the field. Uh, that's great when you're on the field for 
11 plays. Like, who cares? Congratulations on your five targets. Um, so I love Tony as a talent. But the reason I like Sky Moore, meaning I were talking about it, is because if you profile the Chiefs, like look at last year and Juju Smith-Schuster, he's now on the, on the team. The one and two as of today, unless Valdez Scantling falls apart and somebody passes him, it's going to be Valdez Scantling and somebody else. And how do you make what was working last year? You want somebody like Juju Smith-Schuster who spends 50% of the time out wide, 50% of the time in the slot, can move around. What did Sky Moore do last year? 50% in the slot, 50% out wide. I think more fits more of the Juju Smith-Schuster role than Tony does, which I really thought that more and uh, MVS would be the one and two. Now, MVS might even lose his job to Justin Ross if he can stay healthy or Rasheed Rice or somebody else. But I think Tony's going to continue to be the three or four and just that weapon play. I think if you look at Sky Moore and what he fits for the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, I did my new projections on him, Pat, because I originally was kind of trying to you know, 17, 15, 15, 14. Like I just had it spread across everybody on this team. I said, you know what, with this Tony injury, I'm done. He doesn't even get 16%. I'm done with this. He gets nine, like 9%. And I'm going to boost most of it to Sky Moore. Sky Moore, my projections dropped or jumped all the way up to wide receiver 28. Well, I can do that right now because we currently have Tony with the highest share at receiver at 15% and Sky Moore at 10%. So let me just make Tony flip it. 10%. Give, give Sky more 17% because that's what I have him with. So well, I'm let, curious. Me give him, let me give him 15. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> Thank you for making me choke on my drink. <laughs> so he immediately with a 15% share, and that's without flipping like their TD percentage, their catch rates, anything like that, because Tony's up around like a 75% catch rate because of the design plays and routes that he runs, whereas Sky Moore being on the field a little bit more is only down at 64%. So he can tweak those around, but he instantly jumped from wide receiver 71 to 47 without ju- just that 5%. And that's not, and now if he gets that percentage, that means he's going to be on the field more. Therefore, he's more likely to score touchdowns and have big plays and everything like that. So I, I can see it. I don't love Sky more just because I find this offense confusing, but I think you've picked the right piece to go after. And obviously we're going to get reports out of camp to see what's what in terms of who's getting that playing time. But to look at it right now, he's being drafted as wide receiver number 48. That's picked 110. Although there are guys that I think that I would, I mean, let me get your take on some of these other guys behind him. Okay. Okay. Rashad Bateman is going behind him. I would definitely take more over Bateman. I'm completely off of Bateman. Zay Flowers. I'd still take, I'd take him over Zay Flowers too, but I would take Flowers in front of Bateman. That's how worried I am about Bateman. Juju. And I take the upside of Sky Moore. Juju Smith-Schuster, the new Jacoby Myers. If you want a wide receiver four, go draft him. Jacoby Myers. (laughs) Sky Moore. Uh, Romeo Dibbs. Uh, Sky Moore, but I, but I think Dobbs, Dobbs is underrated. Yeah, what, what do you say is the likelihood of Dibbs outscoring Christian Watson this year? Factoring mm. in injuries to either one of them, potentially. Injuries? Okay, injuries, I'd say 30%. I was going to say 10% without injuries. Like yeah, the, I just, the, the projections tell me the exact same thing, but I mean, Dubs was pretty good for a stretch last year. Now it was without Christian Watson, but maybe Christian Watson was a product of Aaron Rodgers and he's going to get some love from Jordan Love. Kid Roman. <laughs> Which I I understand. I, here's what I was going to say. I think the rookie Jaden Reed is a threat to Dobbs. That's my concern. Okay. What about That's Malik Heath, who is apparently on this team? <laughs> no. Not no? at all. Not him? No. Uh, so I have Sky Moore at 40. 
I didn't go by my projections. By the way, my projections were 26. I was too short. I have Sky Moore in the conversation of Alan Lazard, Traylon Burks, and Cortland Sutton. Where does Lazard rank amongst Jets receivers? Is it Wilson, then Lazard? I think so. And I don't know if I talked to you about this yet, but I have significant concerns of the people drafting Garrett Wilson as a top 10 wide receiver, who I had as a top 10 wide receiver before they signed Alan Lazard and brought in Aaron Rodgers because this dude was not only, let's throw last year out the window because whatever it is, but Alan Lazard with Devontae Adams was the leading end zone target. Aaron Rodgers has a rapport with him. It's the rapport of Russell Wilson and Tyra Lockett for the longest time. Do I think Alan Lazard's better than Garrett Wilson? Not in a, any universe. Do I think he's going to sniff Garrett Wilson? No, but I do have legitimate concerns that Garrett Wilson is only a five, six touchdown guy, maybe kind of like a Chris Godwin and Alan Lazard absorbs too many of the touchdowns to keep Garrett Wilson from being top 10. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We've talked about the top Five boom players you need to draft this season of fantasy football with Jake Seeley from theathletic.com. But now you need to give us your top five busts. And they don't need to be like terrible, but like you no. could say Bijan Robinson is going to be a bust because he's not going to be the third best player in fantasy. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, he's going to be the 24th. So if you draft him, it's not going to be good for where you took him. Like that is allowed for in sure. This- bust portion because i don't need you to tell me that random guy on the chiefs that we talked about in the boom section <laughs> malik harris no. or whoever is gonna bust yeah like no shit that's gonna happen I, but give me your five. i have i have two top 25 wide receivers two top 25 running backs and a qb1 so there i didn't go too deep i, I like it what's happening a qb1 i don't know why he's being drafted as qb1 dak prescott I, I'm like, what if Dak Prescott's just not that good anymore or never was that great? Also, by the way, the one person that was trying to get a little bit more passing going in this game is gone. Kellen Moore is gone. And now it's just Mike McCarthy asking this team to run 8 billion times a game. And I know they brought in Brandon Cooks, but look at Dak Prescott and how much he struggled last year with only quote unquote CD Lamb. You know, we've been trying to do the Malcolm, Michael Gallup thing for years. He doesn't run anymore. Dak Prescott. That's the biggest thing. Like he was chipping in those. It's like, look, you're going to get five rushing touchdowns every single year. So you don't have the rushing upside. 
it's a run first offense. I do like Dak Prescott on his efficiency, but that took a slip last year and started throwing a lot of balls off target and this intercept interceptions jumped. I say all this to say I'm pretty ki- I'm keeping it pretty simple. Like just what if the old Dak Prescott doesn't exist anymore and Brandon Cooks coming in is not just going to magically fix everything, which by the way, they also lost Dalton Schultz and how a bunch of second year and rookie tight ends now too. So looking at his ADP in high stakes, so not best ball, because we're not talking about best ball. We're talking about yeah. season-long fantasy football. You see how now you he's 12, these, right? Uh, he's yeah. number 11 right now. Wow, that's even worse. <laughs> in terms of it. I mean, the way that I'm speaking, you can tell I'm probably going to cut this into two videos, but leave it as one podcast <laughs> and people are wondering. So smash the like while you're here. Watch that other video that we recorded two minutes ago about the bus or the booms for the year. But with that case, yeah, going at number 11 overall, that sandwich in between Tua and Kirk Cousins. Uh, you know, Daniel Jones is going as quarterback number 14, pick number 116 overall. Really? I don't like Daniel Jones, and I would have taken him before that. Yeah, I would have feel like I would take him over Dak because I'm kind of with you. Like If he yes. doesn't pick yes. up those rushing touchdowns, it's hard to make that big of a case for him based on the factors that you laid out. Like the biggest proponent of passing in this offense, despite the fact that he gets a talent boost, that wide receiver, gone. He's with Justin Herbert. I know. I, I was looking. What is it last year? I would guess off the top of my head. I'm pulling it up right now. On uh, points per game, 15, 16, 17, somewhere. He was, he was tied for 16th with Jared Goff last year in points per game at quarterback. Like right now, we are at runthesims.com. Go there to build your projections for free and customize them any way you want. Build your own rankings. That's probably the way to do it. And ranking show coming out next week with Chris Meany. But we have him at quarterback number seven but it's within like five points of a whole bunch of different guys and it's markedly behind justin herbert who's way ahead of him like you know i currently still have him at for more fantasy points and aaron Rodgers and trevor lawrence and fields and cousins deshaun watson and wow daniel jones but they're all within like five to ten points and i think that when i'm making my rankings i'm kind of with you that i think i'd just rather have those guys because there's upside there like i kind of know what Dak's upside is you know what the funny thing is? I don't, but I'm looking right now. So I have him behind, uh, actually one spot behind Kirk Cousins and then Rogers, Bryce Young, and Geno. That's projections-wise, but I would not draft Bryce Young there. That's, I think, kind of ceiling-ish field, but I have him for five rushing touchdowns. Anyway, sidebar. The point being, starting with Tua at quarterback 10, 300 fantasy points, dropped down to Russell Wilson at 18, 291. Like, there's just there's no difference between any of those guys, so I'd rather just grasp for ceiling. And I, I'm completely with you. Like, I don't love Justin Fields with the way that he is being drafted this year, but it was the same reason that we liked, you know, Hertz last year and Justin Fields and like Anthony Richardson this year. Like, all right, you know, even if they're bad, they can be really good at fantasy. It, it's strange to think about, but if Matt Stafford is healthy, like, what do you think that the gap between Dak and Stafford would be over 17 games? I'd say almost zero, and I'd probably lean towards Stafford. Who's going, what, th- 100 picks later? Free? free yeah or being undrafted so i and you get to tie like you can tie dak to cd lamb i think that makes a lot of sense you mentioned brendan cooks Gallup looks like he's gonna be okay for this season but if you can it's i mean you have to use a first round pick on cooper cup but if you get cup like stafford's free at the end if you want to pair those two up yeah and uh uh, michael Gallup. we've been doing this uh, enough about michael Gallup. stop (laughs) not you Uh, but like (laughs) i'm done with him (laughs) bus number two please yeah, bus number two, Rashad White. And I like I I'm drafting Rashad White. Let's be clear. I like Rashad White. I think he's going to get the majority of the backfield. But 
we know this. We know the risk of Rashad White and the fact that if you're in a bottom five offense, it is not good. Actually, bottom 10 offense. This is what I pulled. The last five years, Pat, bottom 10 offenses, you had one RB1 with an RB7. And then over the last five years, uh, basically, no, sorry, an average of one per year with a total of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven over five years. Seven over five years, it finished as an RB1 in a bottom 10 offense, not even bottom five. So I point that out to say Rashad White's a bust on the fact that people are drafting him as like RB15, 16, and be like, ooh, he could be RB1. He's just going to get all the touches. Look at how good he is. He's great in the passing game. And we're looking at, it's Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. And it's this offense could be awful the offensive line looks like it's going to be pretty damn bad so i'm in on rashad white but i'm in on rashad white as like rb 24 25 ish if you're going to push him into the teens you're almost hoping it just ends up being a good year and if not you're getting even worse than that also by the way uh mayfield doesn't throw to running backs any more than than tom brady did so it's not like he's going to be like oh he's getting a quarterback upgrade who loves throwing to running backs i think it's going to be a split at runthesims.com, we currently the stock and that's the risk too ha- has him at running back number 17 but like i saw sean tucker is going to be cleared like he is going to be in the mix for this season and trying to get some touches i mean Keyshawn vaughn like who really cares but like chase edmonds is there now i think they're going to try to feel it through and if they do get to a point where they feel like white's not their guy i could see him not necessarily being benched but being on the bad end of one of these splits. Like I, I don't think it's a guarantee that he's just running back one on this team with running back one volume. He might be the number one guy on the team, but that could really, that could be like a 43% snap share or something. Exactly. That's the thing too. It's like people wanted to grasp onto Chase Edmonds for years. Just last year with the Dolphins. Oh, Chase Edmonds, man, it's going to be terrific. And now he's like backing up Rashad White. He's like, oh, he doesn't matter. Like, well, why does he not matter anymore? So uh, I'm with you in the fact that like I'm kind of looking at other running backs that kind of sat in that like majority, but like it wasn't a vast majority. Like a, a good comparison might be, I'm kind of like trying to look down, like Deonta Foreman actually last year with Carolina once Christian McCaffrey was gone. Like well, what if it's just that? It, it's funny because I mean, I think that Chuba Hubbard kind of steps into that role this year, but the guy that you talked about is your first boom player of all of this. Like what is really the difference between Khalil Herbert and Rashad White this year besides 50 spots and ADP? Nothing. Like they could both be the running back one and be great. They could both lose their job and be on the back end of it. Which that's why I was so in on Khalil Herbert and out on Rashad White. He stepped inside my brain there, Pat. Stay, get out quick. It's scary in there. Yeah, I, I'm gone. So give me number three on the bus list. <laughs> number three, Ken Walker. Oh, man. Like uh, Ken Walker, super inefficient, like after contact for what he should be able to do. Now, he did have some really big plays, but there was a lot of concerning efficiency games last year. That That's another thing. Meany and I kept talking about a lot last year of like potential sell high in Ken Walker. And then they draft Charbonnet. How many times have we done this with Sean Payton? He's like, he talks up every running back. They're all going to get touches and not all of them do, but he did it for the longest time. Carroll is the name you're looking for. What did I say? Sean Payton. Oh, where the hell did Sean Payton come from? I don't know. Because there's all those stories about like Russ wanted to fire Pete Carroll to get Sean Payton. And now Maybe that's what it was. Now Seattle kept Pete Carroll and Sean Payton. How the hell did he slip into my brain with that? I don't know. That was anyway. Yes. I know. Uh, so Pete Carroll, yes. Uh, even going back to Rashad Penny and Chris Carson, I just I think this is they drafted Charbonnet to be a timeshare. 
Do I think it means Ken Walker is not the lead? No, I still believe Ken Walker is the lead. I still believe he's the guy. But interestingly enough, he wasn't also really great at getting those like goal line scores. What if he splits some of those? But let's even say he doesn't. I think this backfield is now going to be the reverse Packers, where AJ Dillon's the second piece to Aaron Jones, but they both siphon off each other. I think this is the reverse. This is if Dylan was in the lead, Aaron Aaron Jones was the backup. Still makes Ken Walker an RB2 for me, but he's a low-end RB2. I mean, I'm talking 22, 23, somewhere right around there. And the risk is if, what if it's a 50-50 split? And what if Charbonnet just starts being more explosive? What if Charbonnet also puts it in the end zone better than Ken Walker did last year? The downside is that all of a sudden this is a full 50-50 split like the Broncos love to do. And now maybe that's where I was going with Sean Payton. I don't know. But point being, uh, I'm kind of out on Ken Walker where he's going. So looking at it right now, Kenneth Walker is going at pick number 49 overall. That's running back number 17. That is one pick overall Mm -hmm. after Aaron Jones, who I'd much rather have. Three picks after Joe Mixon and six picks after ETN and Brees Hall. Much rally. I don't think he's on that tier. I'm with you. My projections that run the Sims have him at running back number 30 for the year overall because of the inefficiency. It just doesn't, it doesn't, and listen, this happened to Nick Chubb. This happened to Derrick Henry projections. Don't like these guys because the probability, the realistic probability of what a computer thinks of breaking off an 80 yard run doesn't actually match what some of these guys do in reality, just because they're good at that really like that one amazing thing that scores so many fantasy points on one play. So you kind of have to take away the outliers when you look at this. So you can most definitely overperform that, but guys going after him right now, like Dalvin cook is still sitting there. We'll see what happens with him. JK Dobbins is going after him. Miles Sanders. I'd rather have cam Akers, who is going 20 picks after him. (laughs) You said it, not me. Uh, I can't. I don't. I don't think I can endorse Cam Akers anymore. I'm not allowed to. <laughs> uh, did you see Rashad Penny getting first team snaps in Philadelphia? I don't care about first team snaps. We I do. know that. But, I, just want, I want any I, reason to draft Rashad Penny and not DeAndre Swift. Oh, I, I I took Rashad Penny in our athletic mock last night, and I was like, man, I can't believe he's still there. And whatever it was, like the tenth round or something, like rounds and rounds and rounds after Swift. And I'm like, okay, I'll take Rashad Penny. By the way, who was? An RB1 when healthy. Granted, we're probably only going to get six games from him, but we'll get six RB1 games. Yeah, he's going to pick number 106 right now. Still ahead of Khalil Herbert, by the way. When you said you did an athletic mock, does that mean a mock draft, or is that just like a writer's meeting at that publication? <laughs> no, mock draft. No, actually, it was a, we went out there and mocked like a triathlon. We didn't actually do the triathlon. <laughs> you, you ran some sims on, uh, on the triathlon? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, give me number four. <laughs> number four, uh, Debo Samuel. Hey, I have zero shares and I'm not going to get any. I have to give you an idea of where regular ADP is. And this is an underdog. So this is like the consensus one on one of those sites out there. Debo Samuel for me at wide receiver 29 is 13 under ADP. Why are we still drafting Debo Samuel? Like he's the Debo Samuel we love that one year. Like that the two years ago, Debo Samuel was just not a thing that that was fun. That was an amazing year. Like but that's just that Debo Samuel doesn't exist anymore because they don't need him to exist anymore. They needed him back then. They have Christian McCaffrey now. They have Brandon Ayuk, who I will argue and take in front of Debo Samuel as the better wide receiver. They have a healthy George Kittle, which was part of my concern. You know this, Pat. We talked about it last year's preseason. I was worried about all three of them because we couldn't parse out who exactly was going to be the one to lose because all three of them weren't healthy together with the majority of the season before that. And then they were last year. And we saw it was Ayuk and Kittle, especially Kittle with Brock Purdy. And I think Ayuk, 
Kittle are the top two. Debo's the three. He's going to get use out of the backfield, but not what it used to be. So I just have zero Debo Samuel. I will take Christian Kirk, who, by the way, is going to be involved in the next one, but it's not Christian Kirk. Uh, I have Debo Samuel way down at 29. So Brandon Ayuk going at pick number 62 right now as wide receiver number 28 in high stakes. And then you have Debo Samuel going as pick number 16 at receiver. That is 35 overall. So there's almost 30 spots of difference between the two. It's just absurd. Absurd. They should be reversed, but I'm I'm still not going to take Ayuk that high. I have Ayuk with Judy and Hopkins and stuff like that as like wide receiver 22-3. So Judy is going at pick near wide receiver number 19. He's actually very close to, he's within three picks of Debo Samuel right now. Yeah, Judy every single time. Not even a question for me. You think Judy's going to be that good, huh? I think he is that good. I think he needs to stay healthy. And I think Russell Wilson is going to bounce back. I, I like, I have, I have a lot of faith in Sean Payton being able to resurrect Russell Wilson. There were still signs. There was a little bit left with Russell Wilson last year, last year. Last one, the bust. It's It's Christian Kirk's teammate, Calvin Ridley. No, it's, no chance. That's what you got, pal. No, because the problem is where he is. We're drafting him as if he's never missed a season let alone two let alone coming to a team where there's a rapport with trevor lawrence already with christian kirk and christian kirk was finally what everybody wanted people them to be and everybody laughed about that contract and they're like oh maybe the jaguars were right in bringing in christian kirk and do i have calvin ridley in front of christian kirk yes would i draft him yes i would i would take him over because there's more upside but the drafting of calvin ridley as almost a top 15 wide receiver is where I have the issue because that's assuming, as I say it, don't buy all the risk. You're buying the fact that he hasn't skipped the beat, that he doesn't have some of the touchdown issues he had briefly. And I know that was with Matt Ryan. As you always said, Matt Ryan let the galaxy brain himself and throw to anybody but the correct option when they're in the red zone. And Trevor Lawrence won't do that. But we're just banking on all these things just being okay. And Michael Thomas, granted his involved injuries, but Michael Thomas missed an entire year. And everyone's like, oh, it's going to be fine again. It doesn't matter if you haven't played in two years. We don't care. Like Calvin Ridley is getting close to 30 years old now. Like he's not there yet, but it's it's around the corner. And like we're just assuming he's going to step in and be the one and be an easy one, at least according to ADP. I just think if you're shooting in this territory, I like Calvin Ridley a lot. So he's going at I do pick, too. He's going at pick number 39. So early fourth round in season long drafts in high stakes, at least we'll see where that hap that fleshes out towards the end. And I think that Christian Kirk is somewhat undervalued based on the way he's going, because they might be very close or you got a 28 year old receiver who has no injuries to speak of no wear and tear from sure. the past 16 months. The only concern I have is if he took out like a big bet on his under receiving yards or something. <laughs> I'm not even going there. I'm going to something I told you years ago. Mike Tomlin was the one who said this. He said there's a difference between being in NFL shape and NFL game day shape. There's a di- All these players know how to stay in shape. They know how to be in quote-unquote football shape. There's a difference in game day shape. And he hasn't played game day in almost two years. That's my rub. And it's, again, it's not that I don't like him. I would take him in front of Judy. I would take him in front of Drake London, who I talked about. I'm just not going to take him in front of Christian Watson and Tyra Lockett, who everybody's crucifying now just because they drafted Smith and Jackman. DJ Moore, DK Metcalf, Amari Cooper. I'm taking all of them before I take them. Now, I'm taking Calvin Ridley over every single one of the guys you just mentioned. Even Metcalf? Yeah, of course, Metcalf. You got another option there now. (laughs) 
Okay. Now, Smith and Jigba is more of the, a You want to tell me one there. of those guys that you talked about, and maybe Judy is the answer, but I don't love Judy as much as everyone else seems to. But if you want to tell me, and listen, Ridley could be a bust. He could not be good. You could be completely right based on value. But if you also told me that one of those guys, circle that entire range you just talked about, finishes as a wide receiver one inside the top 10 this year, the answer is also Kevin, Calvin Ridley. That's why I want him. I don't know if I could buy into the top 10. Maybe top 15. I mean, if he can be top 15, he can be top 10 with good touchdown luck. <laughs> I just don't know if it's there. I know we're through splitting hairs in that one, but I just don't say, again, the, the DK Metcalf thing is Smith, Smith and Jigba is Tyler Lockett replacement, not DK Metcalf replacement. Yeah, but it's just another to name to be out there. And it's not like Penny Hart and D Eskridge were funneling away. No, it's not. You know, you know who actually <laughs> did was Marquise Goodwin. Or, like before he yes. ended, like until <laughs> when he came into the fold, they actually started using him. Should I just call Smith and Jigma my bust then? Because why are we drafting the third option on this team? Maybe he's secretly the best one on the team. No, he's not. He's being drafted as like top 40 inside the low 30s at wide receiver. Yeah, go look. <laughs> go. I think he's at, what, 37, 8? Four, 41, pick number 89 overall. That's ahead of Brendan Cooks, Cortland Sutton, Elijah Moore, Quentin Johnson, Stop. Michael Thomas. Stop. Loves Stop. to gamble. Loves to gamble. Gamble Stop. on his career. Jamison Williams is there. Romeo Dell. I'd rather take Quentin Johnson. There's more likely both of those guys, either one of them gets. Like, if you told me 17 games, I get to bank on two of Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, one of them getting hurt. I'm taking Quentin Johnson 10 times out of 10. I like it. You got to get out of here. I do have to get out of here. That's true. I'll split this up into two shows. One podcast, two shows. Get double the hits. Which one do you think will do better? This one is shorter. If you get if you get blocked like I did when I did a bus show a couple of years ago because you YouTube saw it in the title and was like you can't have bust what are you doing like it was for for porn or something we, we have so like probably wide receivers <laughs> I mean the, one of the best performing shows I ever had was Cuss Corner XXX really yeah Cuss Corner thirty <laughs> oh there you go then I'm, I'm gonna bank on the busts then there you go bank on the the busty wide receivers. <laughs> Thick, busty wide receivers from Jake Seeley this year, 2023 <laughs> fantasy football. We got more coming next week. Meaning in studio, talk about running back and wide receiver rankings. Jake's going to be back soon. We got all the shows with Cam and Rob, with Tim and Jeff. It's like it's just like if you tuned out eight, six months ago, we're right back where we were. So welcome back to a lot of the people out there. And if you're new, sub to Mayo Media Network and smash like me your favorite bust down in the description and check out all jake's work at all in kid on twitter and at theathletic.com that'll do it for me i'm pat mayo and i'll see you next time it's happening daily we're being conned by the institutions we used to trust the mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. 
Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. 